Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. Hi, everyone. It's uh, Roxanne Durhaj of Authentic Living with Roxanne. Thanks so much for tuning in again this week. Uh, today, I have a special colleague, Deborah Connors, with us today. Hi, Deborah. How are you? I'm great. Great. Nice to talk to you. So uh, Deb and I met a couple, again, a couple years ago, not formally, but virtually to a colleague. And um, she's been in the space of changing the workplace conversation. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about her background, and then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, culture, which is where, which is where her, um, her superpower is. So she's uh, a captivating speaker, storyteller, author, and workplace coach. She uh, researches the latest breakthrough in workplace health, workplace health and culture around the globe. She's interviewed many of the leading uh, organizational health experts, which forms the basis of her work, teaching leaders how to radically shift culture so that people can flourish, which is, um, you know, what a time for the topic that uh, you're, you're dealing with, uh, Deb. She's a prominent figure in the story of how Canadian workplaces have become better places to work through her development of the Better Workplace Conference, uh, which she led for 17 years. And this powerful initiative created a whole creation generation of workplace health professionals and a huge community of practice. She, she speaks on how to shift practices in the workplace to create environments that allow for creativity, innovation, engagement, and fun. Mm -hmm. So Deb, you, you, we are in a world right now, um, obviously that all these things we need to, to talk about, but um, so let's, let's just talk about what got you wanting to be involved, be involved in, in uh, workplace culture. Well, I think that we have all worked in uh, cultures that are less than functional, that are, um, are not the happiest places to be. And, um, and I've worked in a few of those. And I remember at one point uh, finishing a contract in an organization and walking out the door and going, there has got to be a better way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so um, I, did, I did a master's in this field, uh, did my research in an organization um, out in the field. And... Um, and really, my whole raison d'etre is about, you know, changing the conversation, um, shifting cultures to uh, cultures where people can flourish, because it is totally possible. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And what, what a, a timely discussion, right? So you've talk, talked about having people flourish before we've entered this time. So I want to talk to you about out there in the corporate world prior to what's been happening in the last two weeks. What kind of are, are some of the best practices for leaders? to have their, their corporate culture uh, flourish? What are some of the things that they, you know, you, you've been talking about for years that uh, leaders need to do to, to create that kind of space for people to flourish? Okay, well, I, I think even in the best of times, um, we don't necessarily do such a great job with culture. Um, we, we in, the, in this society, we've got this um, better, faster, harder kind of mentality about work. 
Um, I often say, you know, we hire people for their creativity and their innovation and their knowledge and all of these great things. And then we put them in these cultures of meetings and crisis and, and places where people cannot necessarily give their best. So, um, you know, what we need to do in order to create those kinds of cultures, um, we, need to, we need to be compassionate leaders. Um, and that means, you know, having empathy, it means listening to people with fascination. When you listen to people, you, you understand what they want. Uh, we need to um, increase positivity in our mm -hmm. organizations. And that's not just, um, you know, thinking positive or, or, you know, talking about how great things are. It's actually, there's a lot of research behind how if we increase our positive emotion, if we increase our um, positive interactions, um, people are more creative, they're more innovative, they're more engaged, they're more productive. And so all of the things that any employer would want, um, all of us would want in, in, um, in our interactions. And we know that the most positive teams, the, mo the ones that um, are most productive are the ones that have five to six positive interactions for every negative one. And most teams are at about a one-to-one. Wow. We've got, we, we got a ways to go anyways. So a one-to-one -one and a, you know, a one-to-six ratio, like five to six touch points, um, you know, to be able to feel connected. And if you think about it, I think that's an application that if any of the, us get that kind of touch points of positivity, regardless of what we're dealing with, whether it's pressures or, or deadlines or uh, all those things, we're able to really um, figure out a way to, to make ourselves stay connected to be able to deliver on what we need to deliver. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, in, in, it's so easy to do in your meetings. Um, it, often in meetings, you'll hear, if we look at that positive, um, negative interaction, you'll, you'll hear a positive, like someone will say, hey, I've got this great idea. Mm -hmm. And then the next comment is, well, you know, we've always done it this way, or, you know, that's not going to work. Or so it's a negative. And so once that person who has all those great ideas, hears that enough, they're just not going to come up with those ideas anymore. They're not going to share them. And you, and we've probably all been in meetings where it, um, nobody speaks, right? We, we just sort of go through the agenda. Nobody's really uh, engaged. Nobody's really um, offering up great ideas because that's just the kind of culture. And then we've probably been in the opposite. You know, you've been on teams where um, they're led well, there's a lot of positivity, um, people are engaged, uh, everybody's getting to speak, and, you know, we see, we see a lot more creativity and, and, um, and we do a lot more great things in those, in those kinds of teams. Because I think to your point, like, you know, I talk a lot about mental resilience and authenticity and connections in leadership. So I, you know, we talk about an, a leader being aware, right? Mm -hmm. Like being internally aware so that they're in line with what they value, um, what, what they're looking for just as a person, but also as the leader of a, of a, a company or a sector. In your opinion out there with leaders, like if it's a one-to-one, -one, you know, do you find that leaders are trying to get more connected to themselves and to their, their passions so that they can impart it onto their, um, their workforce? Or do you think that that's kind of a slow skill uh, to come about in, in senior management? Hmm. Um, I'm seeing a change. I'm seeing, um, I mean, we're hearing so much more right now about mindfulness, about um, some of these words are becoming more common. Um, and, and a lot of leaders are, are really looking for tools and, um, and learning how to lead differently. So 
you know, as an example, um, Dr. Michael West in, in the UK, someone that I interviewed for my book, um, has done a lot of research with uh, the National Health Services. And I'm sure now they're, you know, testing all of this because they're being really tested with what's going on over there with the pandemic. But um, it, in, in that particular research, they um, coached uh, leaders of teams on how to create more positive, resilient teams. And what they found is that uh, with just a 5% increase in positivity and resilience in the teams, there was a 3.3% decline in patient mortality. Mm. Um, so aside from, you know, employees being more engaged and, um, and all of the things that you might expect, um, they saw this really, um, a significant uh, impact on patient mortality, which was related to you know less mistakes and mm -hmm. uh, less accidents because people are more positive and resilient. So there's definitely ways of um, you know of, of of increasing that in yourself as as leaders and in within your teams. And I, I think to your point, like I think a lot of leaders they. The higher up on a senior level, um, you know, those hires sometimes is done on a tactical end. It's on bottom line. If it's a business development and research and development, those types of things. And we expect certain things from those individuals at that level. And sometimes we kind of, you know, and I, we go back again to saying soft skills, but really it's, a, it's such a core skill for people to be able to connect mm -hmm. right. We need them to be able to achieve. Absolutely. But at the same time, you know, um, the expectation is less than now. I think it's start. We're starting to see a shift, but that maybe they get things done. So maybe we don't have to have as much expectations about how they communicate. Um, well, if if they're going to succeed um, in terms of the bottom line, they need to learn to communicate differently or to lead differently. Because and the research is there now, right? Um, if we look at, um, uh, for example. Um, teams that do an effective team debrief at the end of their meetings or at the end of a big project, if there's an effective debrief done, um, those teams that do that well are 25% more productive. So mm -hmm. if you want higher productivity and you want more engagement, um, you know, you need to do these kinds of things. And, and an effective team debrief is a mindful activity. It's, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's really looking at not uh, what did we do in terms of our tasks, how did we meet those objectives, but it's how did we work together? Um, mm -hmm. What worked? How did we support each other? Did everyone have the opportunity to have the input? Because if we don't get input from everyone, I mean, often we just hear from the, the, the loudest people. Are they, yes. you know, most intelligent? Maybe, maybe not. Right. Um, but, you know, there are ways, of course, of, of hearing from everyone. And, and those are skills that, uh, that are really valuable. So it's such an important thing, right? Like, so to debrief, and I know in, in the clinical field, that's something that's, you know, it's kind of normative to talk about what went well, you know, to, to, to talk about what could you do differently? What did you learn about yourself? Those types of things. But in the corporate world, to be able to apply that, how powerful that could be, um, you know, to have, and, and, you know, I was just talking to someone a little bit about personality types and I'm an extrovert. She was an introvert. And we're talking about that because sometimes your value is the person that's able to be introspective, but they are not the frontward facing person to put up, put up their hand and okay. share as much. But those people sometimes, um, I often um, relish in looking at them because they sometimes have such insight because they step back yes. and watch 
right? And then when they do actually speak, you're like, whoa, where'd you come up with that? Versus the extrovert, that's kind of like, I'll tell you what I think because it's coming to me right now. So I think it's so important um, when you say about debriefings to have everybody have a voice. And then in fact, that you know everybody is heard or seen or feels like they have a space at the table. And then naturally 25% productivity increase. What, you know, what a gift. Yes. And really, and really simple. Yes, yes. There's a, there's a practice called reflective action that Dr. Robert Quinn talks about. He's one of the other people I interviewed for my, um, for my book. And, and reflective action is finding that sweet spot between being too reflective, that you can't make a decision, to being too active, where you're making decisions too quickly and mm. then having to clean them up because you're making mistakes. And um, what he says is, you know, our organizations, if they're going to err on one side or the other, um, they tend to err on the too active that in, in today's society. And so finding that reflective action with your teams um, means finding new ways to get input from people. And one of the things that I often suggest is um, giving people some time in within a meeting. We don't tend to do that. We tend to jump into practices like brainstorming. And mm-hmm. when you brainstorm, you hear from the loudest, the people who just, you know, say whatever's on their mind. Um, but if you t- give people a little bit of time to reflect and make some notes, and I like using sticky notes because mm-hmm. uh, you can gather that up. You can have people put it up on the, you know, flip chart or something. And then you hear from everyone. And then you might still brainstorm or you might still go around and, and ask people for input. But people who need some time or want that time to reflect or should reflect, everyone should um, get that opportunity. And then you do gather more input from your team rather than just hearing from some people. Maybe more of a true uh, pulse of what's happening in that room, right? Because you're so right. And I've been, you know, was in corporate for many, many years and, you know, the extroverts always get hurt. Yes. Um, and the, the, you know, the conscious leader that I would often say would recognize sometimes to try to elicit uh, information from others that they know had something to say, but not everybody likes to share it or like to your points, share it immediately. Yeah. Um, and you could see the conscious leaders that were aware of that and was able to kind of gauge the room. It's almost like they had a thermometer and they could go, mm-hmm. I know there's more going on, but they're, again, they're connected, they're aware um, they're in tune um, with themselves and also with what's in front of them. And, and intuitively, they, they ask the right question to sometimes elicit a response, yeah. potentially from people that find it a little bit more um, difficult to, to speak up or um, maybe articulate. You know, people that are um, able to step back mm-hmm. sometimes. And I think as an extrovert, I've, I've found that I've always, uh, that's a skill that I've always worked on to be able to just try to be the watcher from the back of the room. Because yeah. I find that sometimes I come up with more innovative things when I'm able to do that, which is, mm-hmm. you know, in my younger years, it was my less uh, um, inclined skill to be when I was, you know, um, in corporate. Yeah, yeah. I like that term that you use conscious leader. And, you know, uh, you could replace that with mindful leader, like just the, the uh, learning that skill of being mindful and being conscious and being aware and recognizing, you know, the skills and, and the attributes that are out there in the people that work for you and being able to pull that out. It's a great skill. So let's talk, let's kind of talk about what is all around us. And, and I know, um, you know, (laughs) (laughs) we have to, unfortunately, Deb, I, I'd like to gloss over it too, but, uh, 
with with the time that we're in, with all the things we're talking about, and we're talking about culture and we're talking about flourishing, which is where we need to get back to eventually. But right now, you know, we're at the we're at the you know um, the, we're at the undercurrent of the wave at present and the impact that um, we're seeing out there. What kinds of things are you seeing out there in culture or in leadership or frontline? Um, employees what what kind of what's the pulse out there based on what you're seeing with uh, your clients well what I'm hearing is a lot of fear um, yeah. fear from people um, of losing their jobs fear of from business leaders about losing their businesses um, business owners who are fatigued because mm-hmm. they're in a position where they're trying to be that positive person for all of their employees and and um, you know to support people but they're just getting fatigued themselves. Um, team leaders who are who are stressed and they're asking, you know, how do I maintain positivity and resilience in my team now that this is all of a sudden a virtual team and we're in a totally different mm-hmm. environment. So it's like really quickly having to learn how to adapt. Um, and um, yeah, just that that um, that quick adaptation that you know every day. For a while, um, a couple of weeks ago, things were changing on a daily basis. Like you wake up today, and you know what what's new, and and mm-hmm. and what do we have to adapt to, and how do we have to change quickly? And and you know we're pretty good at that, but it it is fatiguing and it's stressful. Mm-hmm. So people are, you know, I I think it's like um, you know I I like yourself, I'm seeing the same kinds of things, and you're trying to obviously offer support and offer direction, but it's almost like you know it's kind of like we're in quicksand. Mm-hmm. And everybody's trying to find a bit of safety, but you know, you might feel safe for a bit and then you're like, Oh, there was a bit of a drop there. And then something else happened. So, you know, leaders are trying to do their best, but they're also people. Yes, exactly. You know, yeah. So they're experiencing the same kinds of things. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you would say that um, leaders need to be thinking about in this time uh, to be able to, not just equip themselves, but also equipped their teams to be able to get through something that none of us have ever really truly prepped for before. Exactly. Yeah. I, I would say, um, you know, find easy practices that you can incorporate that um, don't take a lot of work, but have big benefits and um, apply those practices to yourself as well. So we were talking earlier about positivity um, and, and, you know, um, the research on positivity shows us, as I said, that as, as our positive emotion increases, we are, you know, we're more engaged and we're more productive and we're more um, creative and innovative. And it's not just about, you know, feeling good or, or thinking positive. It's really, it really changes our optimism um, and it impacts us physically. Like we sleep better and we have lower blood pressure and better immunity and all kinds of things that we want right now. Um, so some of the things that you can do with, um, with your teams, and then of course apply these to yourself too, but as a team leader, um, you know, try to make your, your meetings as positive as possible. So if you're having virtual meetings, uh, and of course you can apply this to your workplace when you get back uh, to a physical workplace too, but you know, start with a win. And it, mm. at, at the beginning of your meeting, 
um, rather than, you know, often we start with these long updates and meetings are just full of people updating each other on where they're at and what they're doing. Um, and it's not really that productive. So in a, on a good, uh, in a good time when we're not dealing with, with this, I suggest this as well. Start with a win, maybe a win, a challenge, and what do you need, you know? So I would, I would share something great that came, um, that I did or that, you know, our team did something that we won at. Um, and then I might say, you know, I'm challenged with, this is what I'm grappling with today. And here's what I need from you as a team. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we're being very focused about, um, how, you know, how we operate the team, but we are starting with that positive that because we are winning at things we are doing, everyone's out there doing the best that they can, as you said, um, you, you could start your meetings as a team leader with, um, a positive story. Mm -hmm. um, from within your organization, you're going to be able to find those every day because people are doing amazing things. Um, and if you can't find something, go onto the internet and look for all the amazing stories of, of courage and kindness mm -hmm. and, you know, positivity mm -hmm. that are happening out there. Um, start your meeting with a round of gratitude. Um, mm -hmm. We know the research on gratitude shows that if we do a daily gratitude practice, and this is something we can all be doing right now, sitting down every day and writing down at least three things that you're grateful for. Mm -hmm. Over time, what that does is it changes your brain chemistry. You're, I'm sure you're very familiar with it. Um, it starts to, you start to look for the positive more often. You start to see more possibilities. And so it's, um, there's 20 years of research on this now. We know that it works and we should all be doing it and it takes us 30 seconds a day, so why not? Um, but start your meetings that way. Um, give people an opportunity to, you know, just go around your virtual table and say, here's what I'm grateful for. Um, it changes the culture of your meeting immediately when you do that mm -hmm. and people love it. And people come to your meetings on time and they um, look forward to them because it's mm -hmm. you know it's it's a, a positive way to start so so those are the, some things i would suggest for teams and and individually as leaders if we can be doing that daily gratitude um another there's um dr barbara frederickson who's done a, a great deal of research on positivity and and how we increase our positive emotion and how this impacts us in the workplace um there, there are three main things that she talks about to increase positivity. And one of them is gratitude, one of them is meditation, and one of them is mindfulness. Um, and, and meditation, um, you know, this is a great opportunity right now when we're, um, most of us are working at home, we have the flexibility to take the time to do a short meditation every day. Mm -hmm. um, what we know from the research now is that a cumulative effect of um, 80 to 90 minutes a week increases your positivity level so that's really only 12 or 13 minutes a day it's not like mm -hmm. we have to sit for an hour you know if, if you're not used to meditating um, but it has that same impact on increasing your positive emotion which makes you more creative and gives you that possibility thinking and and some of those um, tools that we need right now um, and then mindfulness, we can increase that through meditation, but there's other ways of increasing our mindfulness, which is just being present, um, mm -hmm. you know, through practicing mindful, mindful listening, you know, listening to each other with fascination, not thinking about what I'm going to say first, you know, next, but just actually really hearing you and, and, and um, setting the intention that I'm going to really listen. So, um, so yeah, those are some, some, you know, simple practices that we can put in place every day, uh, right away, that can have a really big impact. 
And I mean, I think, you know, the thing is, it's the element of positivity. And I, I know we talk about it a lot and a lot of environments do do it, but then they do it maybe sometimes and then they don't do it other times. But really we're in a time with, you know, it's, it's vitally, vitally important. Um, you know, I, I, like you, I, I have a gratitude journal that I put, leave next to my bed. And before yeah. I go to bed, I always will write at least four or five things that I, you know, I got up and I had a great breakfast or I was able to look out in the woods and, and yeah. enjoy the sunshine or whatever. And it doesn't have to be anything like a big epiphany, yes. but it's, it's just getting the brain accustomed to, for you seeing the, the positive things that are really something very simple. And I think really we're being humbled at this time to look at all the little things that we're seeing, like in my community, people, and I'm sure out in BC where you are, um, all the florists, um, you know, are putting out fresh flowers on their stoops so that yeah. anybody in the community can go by and pick up fresh flowers. Like all these little things that um, unfortunately through adversity, you know, we, we really come together to look at what, what little things that we do that can really shine some kind of positivity in our communities yeah. to, you know, I even think about your meetings. Like if you have a, you say a, a multinational, you could probably ask people to kind of talk about some of the positive things that they're seeing in their environments. Yes. What has you happened know. because yes. of the pandemic. Yes. Yeah, right. It wouldn't have happened before. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I think, you know, those things we might see, but we might gloss over because we're so busy, but through this time we are really, really seeing it or, you know, kids in my neighborhood, um, you know, they have chalk all over and they've been writing little messages or people putting teddy bears in um, windows. And the hearts. Uh, yes. And the hearts or here in Niagara where I am, um, the, the hotel industry is shut down. So what has happened is uh, throughout the entire little city, there's been hearts that have been illuminated mm. at that time. So just what a nice thing to yeah. see, uh, you know, even though really where we are has been a bit of a, a bit of a coast down because um, the, the uh, community itself is based mostly on tourism. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and, and there's some other things in terms of um, increasing mindfulness in your teams, like, you know, having device-free meetings. Yep. And if we have meetings like we are right now with Zoom, um, where you can see each other and, and look in each other's eyes, um, then, you know, people are not like conference calls half the time, I think, you know, are they checking their emails? Are they actually listening? Right. It's like, okay, I can be here and I'm not yeah. listening to you. Yeah. So have a device-free meeting, put your devices away, go on Zoom, you know, see each other. Um, mm -hmm. have that connection that that we so vitally need right now when we're you know a lot of us are alone and and not connected um you know have a minute of um of silence at the beginning mm -hmm. of your meeting just a minute a mindful moment you know to be really mindful and bring yourself into the present um you know check in um how are people doing like mm -hmm. you know just um check in with with how people are doing emotionally and and um and what, and again, what they need. Um, and then that team debrief at the end, like, how are we doing as a team? Like, what can we do differently to support each other? So the things that I think of is that I would think that leaders have even more pressure now because they're having to really be on a lot. Not that they weren't before, but they could kind of go home and kind of, you know, re replenish and then come back and keep going at it. But right now we're not, we're not having that. I'm going to call it a stop gap truly mm -hmm. to be able to 
truly replenished because unfortunately, I mean, I would say that um, most people are trying to uh, get information, but it, it becomes awfully difficult. And I don't know if you would agree with this, Deb, to kind of stop it so that you don't let it pilfer into your mind. And again, if you're, if you're on the senior leadership team and, you know, um, now your, your entire workforce, unless your vital services are at home, there's a lot of different pressures that are coming. So people are having to be able to perform, stay positive, manage their stressors, manage their families, mm-hmm. and maybe spouses that are at home or maybe losing jobs. That's a, that's a lot of moving parts all at once. Yeah. yeah. You know, so. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, when you were talking, I was thinking, you know, one of the things leaders can do if they're working at home and so are others is, uh, is, is this is a way of walking the talk, but also doing something for yourself at the same time is, you know, have a workout together with your team. Yeah. You know, go out yeah. in your backyard or your basement or wherever it is and with, with whatever equipment you have, um, go online together and, and do something together. Let people see that uh, you're human too. And you, you know, you're taking care of yourself and you're walking the talk, you know, by doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it would certainly be one thing. And, and I was thinking too that, you know, when you said uh, being always on, um, there's also a risk as a leader of, um, um, you know, just sending out emails at various times that may not be appropriate. And we sort of got past that by having, um, you know, boundaries around email. And now here we are, you know, we're not in the workplace. Um, And so sort of setting those boundaries up as well and remembering that to, you know, turn off at a certain time and spend time with your family and, and then turn on again, um, you know, Inappropriate times, yeah. yeah. So, what are what are some of the definite don'ts that leaders should think about right now? Because I'm, I'm going to think that you know, because of the stress levels and the fear and stuff like that, you know, some leaders may go into overdrive where they're not managing themselves yeah. as much as they should. So, what are some things that people should be aware of that they should stay away from right now? That maybe if it was business as usual potentially dead, but they'd probably be able to kind of do certain things. But there's in this time, there's certain things that I would say leadership can't get away with that they maybe potentially would, maybe would have been glossed over before. Well, I think, you know, um, don't do business as usual. Like don't, don't think that things are going oh, to yeah, be usual. Right. Right? Um, don't expect employees to react as they usually would. Right. And people are going to react in all different ways. So just, uh, you know, being understanding of, you know, um, various things that come up. And I, and as I mentioned, I think don't, um, you know, send emails at all times during, during the day and night, um, set some boundaries, some definite boundaries for yourself. And, um, you know, my husband has set up an office in one of our spare bedrooms and uh, goes in there at a certain time in the day and leaves at a certain time at night and, and, you know, um, sort of setting up that time for yourself so that, uh, you're looking after yourself, you're walking the talk and you're, you know, setting a good example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because people are going to look uh, to you for direction and how you're managing yourself. Like, and it's even more probably going to be more heightened now because, because yeah. when we, when we feel out of control, we're looking for more safety at that time and people are going to look to the leader. So the better that the leader is able to do some of these things yeah. um, to your point and, and for people to feel like I can restill maybe I wasn't as relatable as a leader before, but to really think that through as how might I be able to extend to potentially start a new practice to be able to show the people that maybe I'm, 
you know, I'm, I'm learning the skill. I may be a little bit awkward. I'm have training wheels, but I'm, I'm trying to develop that skill to be able to reach out. It, I think would be something in this time would be really well received with people that are, you know, feeling that uh, nothing is consistent. Yeah. This is your time to shine, Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, right. And it, and it's a time to, you know, play with different things like social media um, that you may not have been using before. Um, but, but use those different modalities. Everyone is just doing their best to, you know, reach out and, and do things differently. So, um, and I would say like really, um, you know, communicate like the people are fearful. So communicate as much as you can and, and as transparently as you can, um, but as thoughtful as you can with the messaging, you know, um, I've talked to some people who've received these long rambling emails from their, you know, uh, the owners of their company and they don't know what it means. And, <clears throat> and I think the owners are probably trying to do their best about being transparent, um, but really be thoughtful about how that, how it's going to impact people. Um, and it's okay not to know all the answers, you know, um, it's okay to say that. Um, and, and, and just letting people know what options are available to them, um, what services are available. Um, if, you know, if they're going to be potentially laid off, what are the options? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and just, you know, taking a moment, as I said before, in your meetings for uh, mindfulness, for gratitude, um, keeping things positive. So really, we're talking about, um, you talk about relational transparency amidst chaos yes um, so you want to be able to be relatable um and recognize as as a leader because you have to still uh you know set a level of decorum that you don't send those e if even if you're thinking about it and maybe this is something leaders can do is write about it don't send it look mm -hmm. up, look at it have somebody else that maybe has some more objective eyes look at it again yeah. before you hit send because to your point it, it becomes and i i don't know if you would agree with with this or not, uh, Deb, but um, how much is too much mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. at this time, right? And I mean, you want to be transparent, but you also want to give hope as much as you have at this time. Yeah. Um, so to try really kind of make sure that you have the right level of sharing versus maintaining safety, I would say as much as you can at this point. I think so. And, and if you can be thoughtful, mindful, and compassionate in your message, you're going to do fine. And I like the point that you said, touch points, right? Make it different, make it be innovative, right? Like, mm -hmm. so if you want people to flourish and, you know, through this time, as much as we are on uncertain times, what kind of things could you potentially do that would make people think, I'm so glad I work for Deb Connors that yeah. even amidst this time, I can think, wow, I'm happy, you know, uh, that I, get to report to someone like that or have someone of that in life. So to really start to think along those lines. And, you know, I think of, um, you know, I have two colleagues that have done something special that makes me think of them because mm -hmm. they sent me, one person sent a card um, and the other sent a picture of some time we had spent together, right, uh, last summer. So, you know, it's a little things like that. So what do I do? I have them propped up on my desk. Mm -hmm. um, thinking because they're thinking about me and thought enough to do something special like that. So you're right. It doesn't take a lot of big things, um, you know, but it, it, it's the thought that I'm important in them enough for them to be able to think about me, to be able to 
you know, take the time to yeah. be able to, to, to extend in such a way, um, you know, so it's the small things that I think that really are counting through these times. I think so too. And, it, and if you want people to flourish and go in those upward spirals, you need to be flourishing and going in those upward spirals yourself, right? So, you know, taking the time now, maybe when you don't have a commute to work, to um, put that extra time into getting a little bit of extra sleep. You know, mm -hmm. we don't give a lot of um, emphasis to sleep in our society and it impacts us so much in terms of our our mood and our positivity and our um, uh, engagement and and productivity and and so you know and and um, and you know just how how it impacts uh, our behavior and how we connect with other people um, do some of the, the things that we were talking about here meditation um, gratitude um, taking the time to do some extra reading. I mean, all of those things are, are very helpful. You're setting an example, but you're also building yourself up so that you can, you know, be that strong, uh, positive leader for um, the people that report to you. And, and to model it, to your point, like be innovative with... Um if I'm going to go and do something outside, like even though they may not do it with maybe, you know, hitting record yes. on, an, uh, on, a, on a post to say, oh, by the way, I'm trying this yeah. today. Just yes. thought I, I'm challenging myself because again, that adds the element of I'm, I'm being transparent. I'm doing what I'm, I'm, you know, things that I'm suggesting you do. And I just want to let you know, I look silly doing this, but I just wanted to share this with my team and then maybe yeah. send it out, you know, yeah. with, to your team and, and say, okay, well, I challenge you. What, what silly thing are you going to try? Yeah. And maybe you haven't thought I would never try this and, and share it with your team. So little things like that, but the yeah. innovation, I think you're right. So if people feel connected, then they're able to share and then they're able to flourish, even though, you know, times are uncertain. Exactly. Yeah. And so, it just lets them know that you're doing it too, right? Of you're, course. Of yeah. course you, you need to, you need to demonstrate and model and not just tell people, this is what you think they should do, but also let them see that you could uh, also demonstrate that you're, you're capable and uh, you can try new things. So Deb, I know before I let you go, um, any sense of what kind of things do you think that uh, leaders should be thinking in this gray zone mm -hmm. to kind of prep to the point where we will eventually go back to, to um, our positions? where we're physically there again, anything that they should be thinking about? I, I think everything we've talked about is transferable. We should be doing it in the workplace. Mm -hmm. um, if we're just starting it now because we're in this virtual space, take it back with you. Um, you know, keep your, your teams positive and resilient uh, and engaged and productive and uh, creative. Uh, and, and you do that through, you know, keeping positive emotion high um, positive interactions high and and there's some very simple ways to do that so some of the things we've talked about here today just take the time to learn it now um, mm -hmm. practice it now and and take it back to the workplace with you so so to look at this pivot as um, you know unfortunately the adversity happens but what have been the positive things that really should be implemented anyway and take that back with you and not think because uh, in 2020 because of COVID-19 we had to do this but really what are some of the yeah we ought to do it and what, why don't we just continue the practices so that people could feel connected and then when people get connected um, they get innovative and they flourish just overall and and you get um, absent, absenteeism goes down, presenteeism goes up and yeah. all that good stuff. We, we get the benefit of all those things. Exactly. 
so Deb, I know you, um, you have a course and I'm sure people out there, companies that are listening, um, may want to reach out, uh, uh, to you, um, about, uh, uh, some of the things that you do in the workplace. So tell everyone where they can reach you or some of the things that you can offer. Well, my website is deborahconnors.com. Um, it's D-E-B-O-R-A-H-C-O-N-N-O-R-S. I'm sure you'll have that up somewhere, uh, Roxanne. Yes. Um, and you can find all my services there, but we do have a course called Eight Weeks to a Better Place to Work that we do once a year, and it happens to be coming up in two weeks. Um, so it's very timely. It starts on April the 16th. Um, what we do in this course is we focus on a lot of the practices that we've been talking about today and much, much more. It's based on my book, A Better Place to Work, Daily Practices that Transform Culture, and that's full of 50 different practices that we can incorporate to build a better workplace. Um, and I bring in expert speakers as a part of the course. So this year I have um, Dr. Robert Quinn, Dr. Graham Lowe, um, Mary, Marianne Bainton, Mary Lou McDonald, Sherry Torres, um, they're all experts in, in various fields of organizational health, um, coming together online. Um, you know, it's a really great place to access that expertise. So I would love uh, to have any of your listeners join us. Uh, normally the, the course, it's an eight hour course. It costs $6.95 and we're leaving it at the early bird price this year just to make it more accessible to people. So it's $4.95. Um, we have a team rate that's even better, which is basically three for the price of two. So $9.95 for a team of three. Um, and I also wanted to offer a 15% discount on the, the single rate price to anybody who's listening. Um, so if you're interested in joining us and you want that discount, just get in touch with us through my website. Um, it will send you a code so you can get a, a discount on that. So that course is coming up. Um, also, my books are available for those who want to take, you know, the opportunity to do some extra reading right now. And we do online coaching and, and consulting. And so we're, we're actually uh, put out a, an e-blast this morning just asking people what they need right now. Um, are there things that we can develop to help you? Because um, we, like everyone else, um, are dealing with a new reality here. And, um, and we're trying to support as best as we can. Well, thank you for sharing that. So for anyone interested in learning more, actually, I just recently had Marianne Baton on uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, lots of experts um, in the in the arena of culture. Um, so I think it's an opportunity. And if you have the time, it would be something that would be beneficial uh, to where you are, are based on if you just became a virtual team, if you're, you know, if you're part of a, an ongoing team, uh, th these are all things that you could uh, learn from people that are uh, the experts out there in OD. So again, what am I, what am I taking away? I think, you know, um, the positivity that we know we need to implement in the workplace, uh, I think it's being accentuated right in front of us. Um, none of us knew that this was going to happen. Um, none of us ever thought probably potentially we would experience this time. But it's, it's a time that really has made the, the world pause. And I think we are starting to see the benefits, unfortunately, of this adversity and the positive things that we're experiencing individually, um, uh, as families, as communities, and globally, and to really take those learnings with us into whatever this new reality will be. Um, and I think we can implement things that we 
probably all is no knew we should. Um, but you know, obviously the time is calling that we start to be kinder and gentler in the world. And if we're able to do that, we're able to impact um, everyone, uh, you know, in some way we're all connected to, to recognize that and to start today. So again, uh, Deborah, thanks so much uh, for joining me. And if anyone's needing any information, uh, I'm a mental health and wellness specialist and I do speaking, obviously virtual at this point, uh, training and coaching, and you can reach me at roxannegerhodge.com. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxannederhage.com blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.